Wilderness of Waves. A few days ago, somebody wrote on my blog that I needed to return back to California because I don't know what I'm doing at sea. And so this next entry is my response to that comment. Floating on August 15th, 2019. The full moon makes the sky a smokier version of day. It creates patches of reflections and shadows as the boat sways upon the waves. I have already been at sea for 14 days, and I am six or seven days away from Hawaii. I am running my anchor light at night, and my batteries are almost fully charged from the solar with all systems off. I fully intend to work on the engine more once the seas have calmed, and I will most certainly use all of my navigational gear and running lights as I approach Hawaii. That is what I am saving my batteries for. If I cannot get the engine to work, I will radio for assistance. My friend Elena had an engine failure on her solo crossing to Hawaii, and she was able to get someone to tow her into the anchorage. I am certain I will have the same good fortune, should it come down to that. I do have a sextant on board should I need it, and I was blessed to learn how to take sun sightings from Tanya Abbey while sailing from New York to Bermuda with her many moons ago. Tanya was the first American woman to circumnavigate solo. Check out her book, Maiden Voyage. Someone posted that I should douse my mane and sail with a reefed jib only. In my opinion, it's not advisable to sail under jib only unless you are in calm seas. According to John Roosmanier's Heavy Weather Sailing, the main provides fore and aft support for the mast when in rough seas. He says if you need to reduce one sail, lose everything but the main. That man has steered down 50-foot waves and 50 knots of breeze with pictures to prove it. I will continue to follow his advice, because Lord knows I've never seen anything like that. I have two reefs in my mane, my jib halfway furled, and I am traveling nicely on a broad reach in this wind and swell. I have made it this far, and I'm not turning back. This engine can't stop me. This boat was made for sailing. This is not my first time at sea, nor my first time traveling with my boat, nor my first time in these conditions. This is just my first time alone at sea in these conditions. When one is alone, the same wind can feel more potent. The same sea state can feel ten times larger. The heart beats faster, the mind swirls, sounds amplify and ricochet and it sometimes takes a day or two longer to find the faith in one's own capabilities under the given circumstances. I have purposely put myself in a vulnerable position to gain inner strength and confidence. Each word I write comes from that vulnerable state of being. I am out here, a bleeding heart, standing naked in the elements before an audience which I cannot see. I write honestly about my mistakes and fears. I have nothing to hide. My hope is that by speaking truthfully I will encourage others to set out towards dreams of their own.
Each day I wake up, I am as grateful as I can be that I am alive and that my boat is still floating. Each night I pray that I will make it to the next day. Tuesday night, the sea became particularly rough. I heard voices creep out of the ether that reminded me of a mental asylum. The wind screamed, the waves hit like hammers on the side of the hull, and the boat rose and fell in jostled thuds. I awoke knowing that I needed to adjust the sails, but I was nervous to go out. I took a breath of yellow air, strapped myself in, and went to trim. As I was returning to the cabin, I saw white goop on top of the hatch. What fell out of the sea, I wondered. I looked around to see where else it could have come from, and above me, sitting on my instrument panel, was that very same bird that I wished would have landed in the cockpit a few nights prior. The bird sat with me from midnight until 5 a.m. He left one heck of a stinky mess behind, but it was worth it. The same bird flew back to visit me twice yesterday. I know it's him by his groovy moves between the main and the jib. Before departing San Diego, my friend Dr. Ramona led a beautiful prayer on the bow of Juniper. She asked God's angels to protect me and then turned to me and said, Don't be surprised if you start to find feathers on your boat. I realized yesterday that these birds out here are the guardian angels that she prayed for. It's why I see more of them than anything else at sea, and also why they provide me with a great comfort. With them, I am not alone. I realized yesterday that these birds out here are the guardian angels that she prayed for. It's why I see more of them than anything else at sea, and also why they provide me with a great comfort. With them I am not alone. I believe that our thoughts are powerful enough to create and destroy everything that surrounds us. That there is a force interweaving everything, not just humans to humans, but humans to everything else in the natural world. And if we believe wholeheartedly, without a doubt, that something will happen, then it will. This can work both in a positive sense and a negative sense. Did the bird fill my need for him and come back at the very moment that I needed him most? All I can say is that I had written to you that I wish the bird would have landed on the boat, and then two nights later it landed on the boat. A bird landing anywhere near the cockpit seemed a little far-fetched, but as I wrote it I had no doubt in my mind that it could potentially happen. And it did. Another example of this came when I was backpacking through Alaska in the middle of July. My birthday was the following day and I said out loud, I would like to see bears and snow. When you are in bear country you create a triangle of scent to confuse the bears. So you sleep in one point of the triangle, cook in another, and store your food in the other. The next day, on the morning of my birth, I was eating breakfast on the hillside which served as the cooking point of the triangle, and I watched from afar as a family of bears charged through my campsite leaving scratch marks on my backpack. A few hours later I hiked through snow and it was the only time in six weeks out there in Alaska that I ever saw snow or bears. Beyond creatures, I have done this with cars, jobs, housing, you name it. I once had no money in my bank account, but said, I have a BMW. 
Three weeks later, a friend who was a painter called to say that someone just traded him a BMW for a painting, and he asked if I wanted it. The car barely works, but hey, I got it. I also realized that I forgot to say I have a functioning BMW. There are cultural examples surrounding the power of belief as well. Among the Aborigines in Australia, it is believed that if someone waves a lizard bone in your face and recites an incantation, you will drop dead. The cultural belief is so strong that people do drop immediately dead when it happens. And there is a belief in Nigeria that a specific statement can make a man's penis fall off. And this is so firmly believed that even though the victim to the statement still has his special part, he can no longer see or feel it and is convinced that it has indeed disappeared. He will then run to a doctor seeking advice on getting it back. I read an article about it by a Western doctor who practices in Nigeria and has spent some time convincing men that they definitely still have all of their pieces and parts. It was in Harper's Magazine a few years back. Then what about the placebo effect? A person's belief in the power of the pill has a greater effect than the pill itself? So if you want something, all you have to do is believe in it without a doubt, and it is so. That is the magic of life. I'm not saying you can summons a unicorn in a pixie forest. Don't get carried away. It works in the reverse, too. If you spend too much time worrying about what could go wrong, you will create that wrong. I worried a lot about my engine the first week. I kept thinking it was going to fail me, and it did. I also think that our responses to our current situations have a huge impact on the rest of our reality. I could have looked at the lack of the engine and clung to a state of despair over it. This would have caused more stuff to go wrong on the boat and in return created more despair. Instead, I explored the options and moved forward in confidence without stressing over it. I am now several days without the engine and I see it as a great blessing. Sailing without the navigational gear on all the time has made me very in tune with the boat and the wind and the waves. I can feel the shift. I can feel the wind shift. I can feel the swell rising. I can feel the boat off course. I even naturally awake from my slumber when the boat needs adjusting. Out here, I can now move based more on intuition rather than a computer, and that feels amazing. That's what this is all about. There can be beauty in the loss of something once relied upon. This adventure has taught me above all else to stay positive, to let go, and to trust. Nothing about this adventure will ever be perfect, but I will always have exactly what I need.